Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. I know we've been off for a few weeks, but it is great to be back just in time to preview the first playoff game ever played at the Chase Center. Brandon Cadiz here, yours truly, with my good friend, Javi Landoverde. We are here to talk Warriors versus Nuggets, but before we do, make sure you follow our podcast page on Twitter at Warriors247Pod. Follow me on Twitter at BKadiz. Zero. Javi, great to have you back on. Let's get into this Denver Nuggets and Warriors playoff matchup, but let's just get your excitement level here, Javi. The Warriors, of course, were in the play-in tournament last season, but nothing compares to an actual playoff matchup. Yeah, Brandon, we're everyone's excited for the Nuggets series. Uh, you know, definitely, I think last year the play-in tournament was exciting as well since we haven't seen you know the Warriors in the postseason but this time around I think everyone's excited um you know even though the Nuggets man they're a good team but I think this might be a good matchup for the Warriors yeah it's gonna be a absolutely great matchup although the regular season says otherwise one and three the Warriors were against the Denver Nuggets could have honestly been two and two if it wasn't for that Monty Morris game winning shot when Steph double teamed and we'll get more into double teaming Jokic later on in this episode but we'll have to start it off uh with the Warriors side and then we'll get uh, on to the Nuggets side later but an update on Steph Curry nothing today the Warriors scheduled to practice at Shea Center at 12 30 currently 11 here at the time we're recording this podcast on a Friday afternoon So we'll break to you guys if we hear any new words on Steph Curry's return. Yesterday, multiple NBA reporters, Javi, said that Steph was on track to play game one Saturday at 5.30 p.m. No new news really there. We were expecting Steph to continue to rehab and play. But I know you saw the video too, Javi, that Steph said he's not 100% or he doesn't believe he needs to be 100% to make an impact here in this playoff matchup. Yeah, Brandon. So Steph, um, you know, I still think he's still rehabbing a bit. Uh, He looks much better, though, um, so far what I heard. But in terms of video, if anyone's seen his videos of um, scrimmaging or or practicing shots, um, you know, he he is limping a little bit. um, But still, he's able to move I think he's having issues a little bit laterally but I think he's still gonna you know he's such a competitive guy he's still gonna lace up the shoes and play yeah and that's why the Warriors are favored here at six and a half points at home maybe if Steph uh, is officially cleared later today that number will jump and that's the number we have from our sponsor bet online on their website right now Make sure you check out Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. 
Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and next season futures. And don't forget, the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your coveted source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head to the website today or use your mobile device, pick it up, and join and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And as you mentioned, Javi, Steph now being able to lace up, provide that energy, and we will see the trio hopefully together for the first time since Steph was out in that game against the Boston Celtics, of course, where Marcus Smart dove for the loose ball, injuring Steph's ankle and foot. Again, the trio of Draymond, Clay, and Steph have only seen a total of 11 minutes together, dating back all the way to the 2019 NBA Finals loss against the Toronto Raptors. So, Javi, I know there's a lot of talk from media members, and you said before we came on to this podcast that they're disrespecting the Warriors. For me, I personally have the Warriors in six in this series. It's all going to depend on when Steph can return and if he'll be ready officially in game one. I think Jordan Poole has to take over that role. What, what are your thoughts here on Steph returning? Do you expect him to be just the regular Steph immediately in game one? Uh, no, Brandon. For me, I think I expect Curry to be slightly just a little bit rusty, um, but there are some stuff that I think he'll be limited uh, because of the injury. And I think um, probably attacking to the basket a bit, I think he would have to rely more on being clever. Uh, but the way I see it, especially for this series, if he does play game one, is um, we'll probably see on the offense more of – pass movement, Draymond making the decisions, or if Andre Guadalla as well gets into some sort of rotation with the guys. And we'll see a lot of, you know, movement between Clay, Curry, and Poole getting shots. And we'll possibly see Wiggins cut in a lot. And you mentioned the rotation, and it's been something Steve Kerr has been tinkering with all season long. Like, a lot of fans, and myself included, are asking, do you still have Jordan Poole in the starting lineup? Do you roll with a small lineup of Steph Poole, Clay, uh, Wiggins, and Draymond at the center position? Or do you go with Draymond and Kevon Looney in there against Nikola Jokic? Like, Steve Kerr has a lot of options, and arguably, this is a really deep playoff rotation as we've mentioned in the regular season, where do you think Steve Kerr uh, heads here, Javi, in his rotation-making decision? Yeah, so for me, I think for sure the starting lineup will be Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Wiggins, Clay, And if Curry does play game one, he'll start. If not, then Poole will start. And I think that'll be the starting lineup. Um, he will have an offensive lineup, and that'll be interesting. I just don't know yet what he might go for. But he does have a heavy offensive lineup. He'll probably end up having the lineup that you suggest of Poole, Clay, Curry, Wiggins, and Draymond. And um, 
And for this series, it will be interesting. I think I, I kind of feel they might prepare more offensively to handle the Nuggets just because, you know, Jokic is such a great offensive player and he's not bad at defense too. But I think they'll try to attack him um, for any like mismatches for this yeah. series. I'm glad you brought that up. I really think that this is a matchup that mismatches are going to be the key to deciding who the winner is. And it's going to be evident compared to past playoff series, past playoff series that the Warriors have been in. And also compared to the regular season, because Javi, what we didn't see in the regular season was Draymond Green against the four games with the Denver Nuggets. How do you think he matches up with Nikola Jokic? Because Jokic this season against the Golden State Warriors, ridiculous numbers, Javi. Let me read them to you. 28 points per game, 16 rebounds basically per game, and nine assists per game. And he's doing it on 51% shooting from the field only 16% from the three-point line and only 67% from the free throw line, though. Yeah, Brandon. So I think for this series especially, uh, you know, what we saw in the regular season is going to be different in the playoffs. Um, I think there's going to be more physicality on Jokic, try to be more physical, get him upset. Um, you know, there's going to be a ton of calls in the regular season where Jokic got free throws. Who knows, those might be 50-50 calls. And I think I kind of – I want to compare Jokic to LeBron, but just I think looking in the past where the Warriors kind of defended LeBron because they know these two guys like Jokic and LeBron, their, their mentality is pass first. I think they might just focus Jokic, try to score um, 1v1, so defend them, you know, 1v1. But I, I don't really see them – for me, honestly, I think it would be a mistake of double teaming him just because his he's one of the best passing big men right now in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be such a bad mistake leaving guys open for a shot. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But when, you, when we mentioned going to the free throw line, Jokic averaged about nine free throws per game against the Warriors, made about six of them per game. Draymond Green, of course, the shorter version of a center, but we've seen him do well in past playoff series against guys like Rudy Gobert, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, or excuse me, not Carl Anthony Towns, but uh, Anthony Davis in the past. Is this someone that the Warriors just hope, or is this someone that Draymond Green just hopes to slow down? For example, like a Shaq, you just hope to limit him and let him go off and try not to get others involved? Like, what's the game plan? You mentioned not double-teaming Jokic, but wouldn't that open up other guys on the Nuggets? Yeah, I just think it'll be a mistake. Uh, I don't know. I think – so I don't know if Draymond's going to struggle but because Jokic is so different from other guys that he defends. Like, he's just very unpredictable on the way he scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would assume probably Draymond does um, – get some stops especially during like key matchups and key moments in the game but I think this is probably going to be one of his toughest uh, toughest guys to defend at the center spot yeah I agree with you a hundred percent but you're saying that if you were Steve Kerr in this Warriors offense you would not double team Jokic you would let him get as many points as possible and just defend like hell off the other guys because as we've said off-air, Javi, you agree with the fact that 
the Nuggets really don't have that many playmakers outside of Jokic. Yeah, Brandon, I think they just got to roll the dice. And for them, I feel like they should just, you know, let Jokic beat you, but don't let the whole team beat you. And aside from Jokic, there isn't another guy in the Nuggets team that can create their own shots um, in the level of, like, guys that are going to be missing. Uh, we could talk about, later, like, Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., you know. They're, they're key guys that could create their own shots. But for this series especially, I think Jokic has his hands full for the first game. Yeah, Jokic is going to be heavily re- relied on. And also, as you mentioned – um, other guys that I think personally for the Nuggets that can be a factor, we've seen flashes of Monty Morris torching the Warriors in the last two uh, games, or especially the last game against the Warriors, and also Bones Highland, an emergence of him. I think Aaron Gordon is going to be the key second man here for the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors play a or the Warriors play a fast-paced offense, and for Denver to get into this series, I think they need to slow the tempo down for the Warriors. And if you have two bigs cross-cutting with with each other, like Jokic and Aaron Gordon, then Aaron Gordon can cut to the basket almost a similar style to GP2's impact for the Warriors. Uh, Aaron Gordon hasn't had a good uh, regular season against the Warriors this season. I think he shot only under 20% against Golden State. So if they can continue to limit that, then Nikola Jokic is going to have a hard time uh, being the main guy. And also, Javi, uh, high pick and roll situations for the Warriors. Let's talk about this, whether it's going to be Draymond up there uh, or Kevon Looney with Jordan Poole. We've seen chemistry between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, similar to Steph Curry and Draymond Green. I don't know if you've noticed that, but they kind of have like that – telepathic thing that Steph and Draymond have. And if Poole can do that too, I think they'll have, they'll be able to switch on Jokic easily um, at the top of the key. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, I think, you know, have you seen this season, Draymond has been pretty hard on Jordan Poole. I don't know if you've seen like a couple situations this season where they've been yelling at each other, but it's all good and love for each other. You know, I think Draymond has always said, and even Andre Godala have said that they have high um, opinions about Poole with his potential where he can be. And it's normal to get into some arguments. But we we already seeing Poole now in his third season that he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more reps and minutes with the key guys, Draymond, Curry, Clay. And I think now this season why he's been hitting hitting it off as of lately. His run of form is 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 a lot of, you know, the pick and roll between Draymond, I think he's learning that that system, that process, and he notices that it'll get him pretty much easier shots. And I don't want to say this. Well, I do want to say this, and I know they're going to be like, Brandon, you, you have to chill. Like, Jordan Poole is not on that level yet, but you just got to see the similarities, the shades of Steph Curry in Jordan Poole. And I think it was after yesterday's practice, Steph and Poole – we're the last guys in the gym shooting the work ethic for Jordan Poole. We know, and we've heard that the Warriors have that key card system where you scan your card and it tracks the hours of how long you've been in the gym. And Jordan Poole leads the players in that. And I love how you mentioned that Draymond Green was on Jordan Poole earlier this season. And Draymond really figured out who Jordan Poole was 
when JP talked back at him, he didn't back down. He he told Draymond that it was your fault actually on this play, and Draymond wasn't buying that um, during that game, whatever it was. But later on, Draymond was able to admit that, yeah, I could see your opinion. I I was wrong. So Jordan Poole is well respected, as you've mentioned, and out of Michigan, he plays like a forty-year guy out of Villanova or like Moses Moody. These Warriors players that they draft and develop is unlike any other they're so mature and they know how to fit into the system yeah I agree I think um no I agree with you I think Jordan Bull does deserve the credit where he is um that's why I think he's in the list um for most improved this season and I I do think he still he has all-star potential oh 100% agree with you there depending on what happens this offseason with Andrew Wiggins and how he plays in the playoffs, Warriors could move on from Andrew Wiggins potentially. I want to ask you this, Javi. This postseason, say Jordan Poole continues his hot streak, how are the Warriors going to keep everyone together? Um, Of course, the Warriors have the option to match this season um, if there was an offer with Jordan Poole because he is a restricted free agent I think or yeah like for example if yeah an offer sheet is what I'm trying to say if another team matches say uh the Lakers we heard Shannon uh on undisputed on FS1 say hey the Lakers they need to make a run for Jordan Poole say the Lakers just try to drive up the price for Jordan Poole and go into the 100 million range do the Warriors offer and bring Jordan Poole back so I think Knowing Joe Lacob, because I think are are we the highest, you know, tax team right now this season? Absolutely. I don't think Lacob doesn't care about money. So for me, I think I would assume Lacob would bring him back, even though he's paying the price for it. But I do think there's some key guys after this season that might end up leaving. Uh, I think they'll be high priority on pool, but there are a couple key guys I think we could possibly see going um, and I'll depend in, in the, in the transfer window during the summer free agency. Yeah. 2021, 22. Yeah. Uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, 2023 season is actually when he'll be a uh, restricted free agent 2023, 2024. So the Warriors have one more year with Jordan Poole after this year. But if you're Jordan Poole, I think you'll try to negotiate for a new contract and we'll pivot over then Javi to another guy that has to have a good playoffs that I think stay on the Golden State Warriors. And that X factor is going to be Andrew Wiggins. Of course, we saw his hot first half was an all-star shout out to the K-pop people and Bam Bam. Of course, Bam Bam was on the court a couple of weeks ago, performing at halftime at the Chase Center. You'll love to see that, but what can Andrew Wiggins provide here in this playoff run do we want him to just be that Harrison Barnes role in 2015 or do we need a little more from him no I think I think he's okay for being the Barnes role I think actually the emergence of pool does kind of help him you know focus more on defense I think Wiggins needs to be really key on defense for this team to make a really good push this postseason um you know if we talk about different matchups or other teams if the Warriors move on 
to the next rounds. There's going to be a lot of small forwards, and I think he's going to be primarily defending those small forwards that are really good from other teams. Yeah, and uh, especially in this Denver matchup, we look at the Denver roster, and of course, you have Aaron Gordon there, Will Barton, both Jamichael and Jeff Green. And, you know, we're waiting on the news if MPJ is going to return in this playoff series. That looks really doubtful. But he, there's not really a scary forward here that they'll have to defend. I think when you look forward, if the Warriors make it pass through and they eventually end up against the Memphis Grizzlies, you take on a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., that could be a problem there. But that's a little bit down the road. Uh, Javi, your thoughts here in this series. Um, Andrew Wiggins, what did he need to do defensively and to return to that peak elite defensive form. I know we have Draymond Green back could play the center position. Of course, Kevon Looney playing all 82 games at that center position. What does Wiggins need to do defensively? Defensively, I think he's just got to use his length, his athleticism, and keep it pretty simple. Um, and so I think if he, he does dialed in and focused and – I think defensively he should be good. And for offense, we're probably going to see a lot of backdoor cuts from Wiggins or cutting into the baskets, uh, try to get the lobs or, you know, the easy backdoor cuts for easy points. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that seems like a fair statement, similar to that role GP2 does uh, off the bench. And we'll talk about the signings of GP2. Otto Porter Jr. and Jonathan Kaminga on the flip side. After we get to our sponsor here in Credit Karma, we talk about Joe Lake of having all this money, not having to worry about it. But for us normal folk, it's an issue. Do you have a big expense that you're planning ahead? Well, don't put those car repairs or medical bills on a high interest credit card. Credit Karma can help you look for a low interest personal loan that can save you money while you pay off your purchase. Credit Karma uses credit data to find loan offers that are personalized specifically for yourself so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're most likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free and don't worry, it won't affect your credit scores and could save you money. Are you ready to apply? Well, head over to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. And Javi, we got to talk about so much money being spent potentially on this Warriors team. The emergence of GP2 this season. Bielitsa and Otto Porter have really come to fruition here at the end of the season. Last 10 games for Bielitsa. We'll go through all these numbers. And let, and then you'll have to give me one of these players that you think is going to be key in this playoff matchup. So Bielitsa first. Last 10 games, 7.6 points, 5.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists. He's shooting 55%. From the field, 52% from beyond the arc. Otto Porter Jr., last eight games, 8.9 points, 9.1 rebounds, 47% from the field, 35% uh, 
from three. GP2 last 11 games, 7.1 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.1 steals, an amazing 63% from the field, but only 30% from beyond the arc. And of course, the rookie, Jonathan Kaminga, 10.6 points, four rebounds, 53% shooting from the field, but a 35% three-point range shooting in his last 12 games. Who's going to be the key X factor here in this series against the Nuggets? So for me, Brandon, for this list, you know, and I'm just assuming the way they're going to set up their offense against the Nuggets. Yeah. I think the key guys is going to be Bielitsa and Porter Jr. I think their game plan is, you know, while, you know, Jokish is out there, they would try to exploit him by stretching the floor. So I could see Kerr going a lot with Bielitsa and Porter Jr., um, you know, stretch that floor, keeping the space, you know, open. And so that's where I'm seeing, like, early in the, the, the series, I think those two guys are going to be there. Yeah, we saw a 16-point, 16 16-rebound 16 performance by Otto Porter Jr. In San, in San, against the San Antonio Spurs after Curry went down. And then Bielitsa, I mean – He's come back, Javi. We said that we need to see shades of him like earlier in the season, especially that first game of the season against the Lakers where he had a double-double. I think, oh man, there's just so many guys to choose from. But I'm going to have to agree with you in the sense that Otto Porter Jr. is going to be the X factor. He has a lot to prove, especially if he's a free agent and elects to – go somewhere else after the season. He's a guy that's dealt with en- with injuries, those back injuries for an older guy. He's going to play a key role in a championship-level team like the Warriors, so he should see himself with a big contract. But I really like GP, too. I think he's going to be an X factor in the sense he's going to stop Bones Highland and Monty Morris. And especially if Jamal Murray returns – you know, what happened with Clay Thompson, it's a slow start. And if you put GP2 on Jamal Murray, I think that's an easy shutdown there. You're going to frustrate a guy coming off of an injury. Well, yeah, so last season, we predicted that Porter from the Warriors was going to be the X factor when they signed him during the free agency. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Porter has played a great role for this team. And again, If we're just picking off of those guys, I see Porter and GP2. But the X factor of the entire series for the Warriors, I think, is going to be Jordan Poole. We see how quick and fast he is. Um, He can score at all levels from the three-point line to the mid-range to getting to the basket. He is so quick. And getting past guys like Bones Highland and Monty Morris, they're not as great defensively. And also, Javi, I have to mention this. The Denver Nuggets might be big inside with Nikola Jokic, but they are second to the last in the league in blocks. So I think the Warriors can attack the paint. Uh, On paper, it looks uh, bad for the Denver Nuggets. I think the Warriors need to take advantage of attacking the paint, actually, forcing Nikola Jokic out to the three-point line and then, you know, cutting down low. Yeah, for me, I agree, too. Um, Ever since Draymond as well, has been introduced back. Clay's been introduced. Um, the Warriors can't, you know, don't know what the stats, but I think they were fourth on points per game in the NBA, and their defense went up as well. 
fifth in the in the league. Um, and then the Nuggets, they they've been on and off um, on defense and offense as well. But I do like the matchup. I I, I think definitely there's going to be a lot of opportunities to get open looks and opportunities to attack the basket. Yeah. The Warriors fast, fast pace tempo. They need to continue to stick with that. That's how you're going to beat the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, similar to Luka Doncic, likes to play slow, likes to have the game come to him. And if he can make the game fast, the Nuggets are going to have trouble with that. On the Nuggets side, though, on the contrary, they're going to try to make it a slower game, set up the offense, uh, go to Nikola Jokic down in the paint, have cutters out, down low, and also uh, out in the top of the key, try to get it to their shooters. And that's the way they could upset the Warriors. But they could also upset the Warriors potentially if Jamal Murray returns. And there's a little bit of gamesmanship I feel like here, Javi. Nuggets coach Mike Malone said that uh, Jamal Murray is doubtful for right now. He has not been ruled out of the playoffs, though. And earlier this morning, uh, I heard a Nuggets insider say that um, Jamal Murray was toying with the reporters and media. Like, Jamal Murray came out and was like, hey, you want to talk to me? And he was like, oh, no, I'm just playing. And then he came out with a headband similar to Clay Thompson in his return, trying to get people talking that like, Hey, I'm going to return like Clay Thompson having that headband out. So I don't know. There's like a little bit of gamesmanship here for Michael Malone. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, I think <laughs> the Warriors don't really care, you know, about, I think they're just different right now. I think the Warriors are focused. Uh, I think, you know, we, you've seen Draymond last week, he's been planning this. They've been looking at video breakdown, but for them, they're taking it serious. Uh, so if that's somehow driving the Warriors to be up more and play harder, then that's that's a positive for the Warriors. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors need any more motivation for them to continue this run for this dynasty and try to win their fourth ring together with the core three. And this is a big question, Javi. Say the Warriors don't end up making it out of the West, say they even lose in the second round, what happens with this Golden State Warriors team? You bring all these young guys in and these veterans like Porter and Bielitsa and it doesn't work out. What happens to this Warriors team next season? Do you immediately blow it up and trade Kaminga Wiseman for a center that we've heard rumors of at least that Rudy Gobert could be a trade asset potentially? In the offseason, do the Warriors need to have a really deep playoff run to keep the core together? No, I don't think so. I think especially this season, they're, you know, they had options and chances to trade away Kamingo and or Wiseman to be included in the package for like a center. You know, there, so bonus was available. Miles Turner was available. There's a, a lot of centers this season. And I think they're going to stick with what they've been saying. Um, and it's about keeping Curry, Draymond, Clay, and continue to grow the guys that they think are the next generation, the likes of Jordan Poole that we've seen already, you know, being patient with him. It has shown us, you know, that he he is where he is. And we're seeing now Kaminga. Moody get some game in and, and hopefully James Wiseman, if he could stay healthy, we've seen flashes of Wiseman as well. 
And this is going to be tough. If everything goes right for this Warriors team and you have all of these, and you have all of these guys um, ending up being who we expect them to be, then it's going to be really tough, Javi, in the sense to bring all of them back. We saw what happened when KD left in the offseason. Their bench in the 2019 – or. Uh, their bench in that 2019 run when you had a key player like Kevin Durant, Jarebko, uh, right? You had Alfonso McKinney. It wasn't a really deep bench, and that provided issues for the Warriors. So do you, if the Warriors go deep enough, do you think they run it back with the same guys and guys take a little bit of a pay cut? So I think if they do make it deep, um, I, I still think they'll keep the core, the young players. Now the question mark is the vets uh, – especially the key vets that we've seen this season, that's up to them whether they want to go back on a veterans minimum or um, a minimum contract. Um, and I'm don't, I'm not sure if they have a mid-level exception for next season, um, but, you know, it's up to them. They're, you know, they have some guys coming up to be free agents soon. So, whether they want to re-sign with the Warriors or secure a payback with another team, that's that's up to them. So it'll be interesting. But I think, uh, like earlier we said, that, that'll depend a lot on the free agency after this season. Yeah, I know it's a little bit too much to look ahead when we haven't even played the, the first playoff game. But that's the job we do here as reporters and podcast hosts. We like to speculate about the future. And Javi, uh, nearing the end here of our podcast, we got to talk about um, Faku Kampatso. You brought this up to me. I didn't know this until you told me a couple of days ago, but he's suspended for game one. He's a playmaker. He's a guy that can pass it, of course. You know, overseas dude, typical point guard, pass first. What was his impact here for this Denver Nuggets team when he returns? Do you think he can... Uh, feed the ball there to Jokic and dish it out or does he really not matter in this series he's key I think he brings in veteran leadership Um, he's very vocal for me he's kind of I'm not saying he's like Draymond Green but he does bring in the aspect of just being very vocal very pesky defender uh, good on getting steals Um, he pumps his teammates up and he's really good on passing the ball and as a secondary playmaker behind Jokic. So they'll be missing him pretty good for this game one. Um, But I'm sure they'll try to compensate that with other guys who are going to have the opportunity to play in the playoffs. Yeah, we got to get your prediction here before we go out. Uh, How many games do you think it goes to? And yeah, how many games do you think it goes to? Is it going to be uh, close every single game like we saw in the regular season? What are your thoughts? I think this is going to be kind of in between either Warriors in five or Warriors in six. Um, I don't think it's going to be like how the regular season and um, just because the Warriors, you know, miss a lot of guys that didn't play in those games. I think what we're going to see is it's going to be whether Jamal Murray does come back and we don't know how he's going to come back as well, missing a large stretch of games. I think we're going to see it's going to be too much for Jokic to, you know, run the team and try to move on to the next round. And we're going to see a lot of guys from the Warriors. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going to be over relying a lot on Curry. We, we will need Curry, but 
we got guys that could create their own shots. Clay, uh, Poole, we'll see the defensive parts from even Looney, from Draymond, from Wiggins. So we'll see, though, as a team, I think we're going to pull this through in five or six. Yeah, I got them in six. I think they'll have one game here, maybe the first game, where Steph isn't a full 100%, like he mentioned, and that like you mentioned, Javi, um, he might be a little rusty there. Uh, looking forward, though, the matchups for uh, this NBA playoffs, they're, they're looking pretty good. You got Dallas and Utah, Toronto and Philadelphia, uh, Memphis and Minnesota. Man, what an upset by the Grizzlies, or excuse me, an upset by the Timberwolves over the Clippers, and then Boston and Brooklyn, and we got two eight-c games tonight. Of course, are we going to see New Orleans sneak into the playoffs? Since Paul George was Paul George is out tonight, Javi. I don't know if you heard that out to health and safety pr- protocols. And some breaking news here: uh, Luka Doncic will miss Game One due to that uh, calf strain there. Yeah, that's a tough break for Dallas. Um, You know, I don't think without Doncic, it's going to be hard for them to have another guy step step up and provide that productivity that he brings. And, you know, this this whole season has been a lot of injuries. Um, So it's such a shame that we won't miss, you know, we'll miss some guys in the postseason. But, yeah, today's exciting. I mean, New Orleans versus Clippers, no Paul George. It'll be interesting to see New Orleans just, you know, they made a lot of changes and we never know. We If they do sneak in, we don't know. We might see Zion Williamson back. And uh, also the other game, Atlanta versus Cleveland is going to be a pretty good game tonight. Yeah, not to disrespect the defending champions there in the Milwaukee Bucks, but do you expect a team out of the West to win the championship this year? Would you be shocked if you didn't see golden state phoenix or memphis out of the west if someone came out of the west outside of those three teams i think it would be pretty surprising um i think yeah i think suns grizzlies and warriors are favorites if you look right now you know Doncic is going to be hampered by injuries utah this season has been inconsistent and they've missed some guys key players through injuries, especially in the bench, like Joe Ingles, um, the Nuggets as well. And so I think definitely your, your favorites to have either Suns, Grizzlies, or Warriors come out towards the West. And for the East, yeah, Milwaukee is interesting. The defending champs, I think, you know, they do have also this season they've been fighting due to injuries, but I think – it's a tough in the East. I know the East is definitely much more harder to get out of than the West, but you have your Heats, your Celtics, uh, even Philly. Uh, the Raptors have been such a Cinderella team this season. Um, and the Bulls, they were good. Injuries have kind of derailed them, but they're still there. And then even the Nets, you know, you don't know where you get out of the Nets with KD and Irving. Yeah, KD and Irving. And, you know, we've heard a little bit of rumbling that, Ben Simmons could come and play in round one or in round two if they get that far into it. Uh, Yeah, I think Milwaukee out of the East is the team to look out for. Like you said, Miami doesn't really really do good in the regular season this this season against teams that were a 500-plus record or that were in the playoffs 
last season. At the end of the day, Javi, if the Warriors don't win the championship, is it a disappointing season? Because at least for me personally, I came into the regular season, no games played, saying, hey, if the Warriors finish top four and make the playoffs, okay, we can make a run at it. I thought they were going to be in the bottom half of the Western Conference this season. And I'll admit that straight off because that's what I said coming into the season. Um, is it championship or bust is basically what I'm trying to ask you. For me, I don't think so, Brandon. I Even this season, if you think about this whole season, um, you know, you had injuries issue. You know, we we knew Clay wasn't coming in. We didn't have expectations of Jordan Poole to, you know, like we knew he's good, but in terms of now where he is, you know, all-star level player, um, we didn't, that's, that should be a praise of the season as well, seeing Jordan get into the most improved player list. And, you know, for me, I, I, for me, I wouldn't be upset if, you know, they don't win it all this season. Um, You know, I think, you know, we were excited how they started off and and um, towards the middle of the season, they kind of got injuries and they were in a slump. But it's glad to see them, though, like pull through towards the end and get, uh, you know, start winning games even without Curry. So for me, I, I wouldn't be upset if they if they lost this season. Yeah, well, before we sign off for the show, I'm trying to see here if we have any breaking news with Steph Curry. But nothing to report right now as we approach the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, again, I said that I think the Warriors practice at 12.30. So if there's any more news coming out for Steph Curry, you can follow us on our Twitter at Warriors247Pod. I'll be sure to react to that. And I'll be following covering the Warriors all playoff, all playoffs long, as long as the Warriors are in it. And Javi, as we come back next week and have you on the pod potentially then the Warriors would have played three games against the Denver Nuggets. I think they come out of it with a two and one series lead by next Thursday. Yeah, for me, same thing. I do think that, you know, the Warriors will get their two wins uh, and then we'll see possibly Jokic have a, you know, like a big game, but I think you're right. Two, two, one. One Warriors. We're hoping for that by next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to this episode of the Warriors 24 7 podcast. And as always, this podcast and show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.